Welcome to the Elite Few Podcast, where we explore the fabulous, extraordinary world of the people who move the needle of success. Join our host, Tiffany, and producer, Kyle, as we dive into the stories and insights of the elite few who are making a difference and pushing the boundaries of what's possible. Let's get started. And now the second part of Gina Bowles' interview on human trafficking. And remembering, too, that people do not self-identify as human traffic victims. They yeah, really no, don't. Like a victim not. is right. not going to sit there and be like, I am a traffic victim. I mean, right. and so speaking to your safe house, Tiffany, not only do people like there's so much that's involved in safe houses. Cause I, I did help open one. You have to have, you have to have medical doctors there to detox from the drugs because yeah. a lot of them have been forcibly, you know, put on drugs or they just start taking it because there's no other way to cope. You have to have the psychologist and psychiatrist there to deal with the mental and emotional trauma that's there. Um, there are sometimes it's a domestic abuse issue because it is a partner that's actually trafficking that person. And so you've got all of that nasty mix up that's mixed and meshed in with it. And um, then you also have to have like the rehabilitation side and the what I call the reentry into society where they have to learn how to how to reenter society as what we would say is a normal person, you know, but somebody that has a job and has a degree and is able to, you know, function and, and right. operate. And so that's a, the safe houses have to have all those things. And that's why there's not a lot of them here in the United States. Right. And, and, you know, and that's what, that's what really a couple of things that was even said in the end of the movie. And cause uh, the actor comes out and talks about some really specifics about, you know, when it kind of just a flashback to your freeway analogy, you know, you said it's a really wide lane and you've got your lane. Well, some of the lanes that are that are doing things as well, they don't have enough people. There's not enough cars in that lane to deal with right. it. Like our our drug force right now, five to one, five drug force agents to one human traffic agent. It's not enough. It needs to be mm -mm. flip flop. It yeah, needs it to does. Be, yeah. It, and but but also, too, it's a heavy toll. I mean, I can't imagine. I hope you have a good therapist because the stuff you see, you better, you better be able well, to. Well, I know Gina God's your therapist. How, but, you Gina, <laughs> you, you saw a lot that shook you really sure. hard. Yeah. yeah. And you were involved with what this, when they did the stings, you're watching them bring out these children that were being raped when they w broke in. Yeah. And, and the thing that you have to remember in, in, in all of the situations, like, is that, it is overwhelming if you try to fix all of it, you know, it is just, yeah. it's overwhelming and understanding too. I think having a, um, this idea of knowing it's never all going to go away until Jesus comes back because we live in a fallen world, but we can in the moment with the time that we have do what we can to help who we can. It's that starfish mentality. It's a little boy walking on the beach, picking up the starfish and throwing it back in. And the old man saying, look at all these starfish. Why are you, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm saving this one's life. And he's like, but you can't save all of them. And he's like, but I can save this one and he throws it back into the ocean. And so okay. it is finding that lane and being in it, you know, for a lot of people, they're going to see this movie or they've already seen this movie. And so they immediately go to that rescue and that's great, but we are not all Liam Neeson 
with a very special set of skills. No, we're not special set of skills. That's and we're not and we're not Tim Ballard. You know, we're not, and we're not those yeah. people. You know, rescue is right. not not the thing. So if if that's not it, then what is it? Can you do um, nonprofit right. work? Can that you was write actually going to be my next. Yeah, yeah that was actually going to be my next grants? question. Right. So my next question was going to be, you know, for our listeners who are sitting here feeling hopeless. Now, Tiffany and I, we agreed we weren't going to do this show for another two or three weeks, but we saw the movie. We, we left the movie. We looked at each other and I said, you know, when we have to do this, right? And she <laughs> goes, yeah, it's got to be launched next. Now. Like it's got to be launched next. We're bumping the so, next show. Yeah. So this out Monday. because one of the things that was really profound at the end of that movie was the fact that, you know, uh, you know, the lead actor asked everybody, tell people that's the way we start to get people out there. This is the same thing that happened back in when, when Lincoln freed the slaves, they had people that told stories that got the word out, that got, that got the movement. He wants this to be a movement. He wants this to be our version of, of freedom of slavery. Cause right now, another thing that was divulged last night in the movie is that we have more slavery right now in this world than we ever did back then when it was legal. There's when more slavery was legal. Yeah. Right. So what can you tell our listeners um, or people that don't know how to help and don't know what to do? Tiffany and I are able to bring this information to the world because we put it on the web and we have the technology and stuff like that. So that's that's how we're trying to help. That's our little lane. Um, Of course, in my profession, I do see I do see I'm I'm a paramedic and there we've had training. And if we see clues, we can turn turn to people and ask for help and and get them pulled aside and ask if they're safe and and we've had a few times where we've thought maybe this was a trafficking thing so we would turn the situation over to the law enforcement so so there are some small things that 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 are not as big as what you're doing but but that's all i know how to do that's all i know how to get involved with in bringing this information people that are listening right now may have zero ability to 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 do what you do or want to do it but what could they do to help like what do you tell your community when they feel like their hands are tied? I love that question. And so here's what I, I tell everybody is it's like, what are you passionate about? And I'm not talking the overall broad, broad speak of human trafficking. Like, do you love to cook? If you are passionate about cooking and you love to cook, find a home that houses these girls and say, I want to volunteer one day a month to come in and cook for them. I want to teach a cooking class. Um, Do you like to write grants? Find a nonprofit and be like, I want to find a grant for you that I can help do. Um, If you are legal minded and you're in the law and the justice side of things, for the love of God, please do everything you can to get in front of senators and to start meeting with people that are passionate about this to change and to rewrite these laws of how we prosecute the Johns, how we prosecute the traffickers and how we're getting services to victims. Some of you may be on here and you know, maybe like me, like I'm just a mom and I don't know what else to do. Can you pray? That is the biggest thing. Can mm-hmm. you pray? Can you find an organization and just pray for them and, you know, call them up graphic designers. Like dear, if look, I've been a nonprofit for a long time. We are not graphic designers, okay? Our flyers look like we did the 1990s clip art. We need people that can create websites and brochures and flyers and help us design things to get the message out. So volunteer your time 
to do that, to get that message out. You know, if you're a businessman and you're like, I just want to fund something, bring on the money, you know, like find somebody, give them the money. Event planners, if you love to fundraise and do events, then tell a nonprofit that's in your area. Google anti-trafficking nonprofits. You will find five, six, seven, eight in your area. I can promise you. Get with them and say, how can I help? Can I do an event for you? Can I do a bake sale? Anything like that. So find your passion and then just really dig in and say, Lord, how is it that I can take what I'm passionate about to give back into this and to help this? Because it takes every single person to be in that lane and to just drive that car and to get it down the interstate. So Gina, I want to get into, before we even wrap things up, I really want to talk about what people can watch out for, for their kids, for their grandkids. Um, my girlfriend just recently was at Columbus, Ohio, uh, Polaris Mall. Her son was there with their baby in a stroller. And this is what people do. I've actually heard other people see this happen to themselves or their friends' kids. And this woman had been taking pictures and walked past him. He saw his son's face on the camera. He started yelling at her. She ran, called his wife, said, meet me at the door, gave her the baby and ran back in. She was gone. They called the police. Mm -hmm. The problem is this is right here in the middle of Columbus, Ohio at a mall. And people don't understand that they are shopping. That woman had that baby on a bidding site. Besides that, there's other things. Can you bring some awareness to this, tell people what they need to be watching for, looking for, and what they can do to prevent this from happening to the people in their lives? Because people are not aware how common this is for regular suburban Polaris. This area is money. You've got Dublin, Olentangy, um, Westerville. I mean, this is money. This isn't a poor area. These aren't, they're not stealing people who are neglecting their kids. This was a, this is an area with money. Sure. Um, my girlfriend had it happen to her at a Publix in Florida with her kid. That's not, that's not, this isn't, these aren't poor places. So what can you say to these people, what to watch for and not to be ignorant and think that you're ever in a safe place? Sure. Um, one thing to understand is that knowledge is power. So if you're listening, don't let this freak you out and scare you and say, you're going to lock the doors. Like I've got two boys. I've got two girls. Our kids have freedom. Um, because I am aware and I do know, and I've asked, had people say all the time, how can you let your kids even out of the house, knowing what you know, seeing what you saw. And I'm like, because they know, and I know, and you know, we don't live in fear. Um, but we do live in wisdom. And so one is understanding that human trafficking is humans. And there are the vulnerable population that are very susceptible to it from your runaways to, like I said, the kids that aren't getting their needs met to um, even single moms who are really struggling. Um, But it also, I've seen girls that are college students, sorority sisters driving Bentleys that have been trafficked before too. And so one thing too, to keep in mind is social media, parents, you may not want to hear this, get your kids off breaking social media, just do it. Like you will not ruin their life if they do not have social media. Um, Our youngest son is 16 and he just was allowed to get Twitter or I'm sorry, to get Instagram for his 16th birthday. And his account is tied to mine. So I see everything that's happening on that. Um, And I don't necessarily have to always check up on it because he knows that mom and dad are watching. Uh, Our 13 year old has zero social media. You can give them a smartphone and you do not have to give them social media. 
one is not the other. So just keep that in mind. Like, yes, we live in a day and age where we do want our kids to stay in touch with us. Research other options besides an iPhone and an Android if you want your kids to stay in touch with you. So be aware of what, what they're tuned into on social media. You need to be friends with their friends as much as you don't want to be that. Um, phone checks. Like, I cannot tell you how often this device here is tied directly to trafficking. It just is. From Snapchat to Instagram to Twitter to the private messages on other sites, this thing right here is going to be the biggest the biggest human trafficker that's out there because people can get to kids through this. So put, keeping their devices on lockdown, being the parent and saying, no, no, you're not getting that social media account. No, you don't get Snapchat. No, you don't get TikTok. I'm sorry. You got to put your phone up in my room at nine o'clock at night. You know, like until you're going to pay that phone bill, I control what comes in and what you get to see. So I want to, I want to address this too, because, um, I, I, I taught for six years. I did substitute teaching. I taught in Title I schools. I taught in schools for um, kids that were expelled from their regular schools. I can't tell you how many kids whose parents thought they didn't have social media. Who's, they had a phone their parents didn't know about. They had a phone their parents gave them, and they bought another phone and lied. And I, I do believe, and I know just from my girlfriend whose son has girls come over all the time and she's like, oh no, my, my parents don't know I have this. We're not allowed to have Facebook. So I have an account they don't know I have. Okay. Now we have a problem. So I think mm -hmm. there is a part of, Hey, I don't want you lying to me. I want to be aware and watch here is why. And it's not that I don't trust you, um, but your desire to get in trouble and to do things behind my back can get you kidnapped. Right. And you think that, and I remember my friend just telling me a story where the father said to my friend, I don't think you understand. My children don't have social media. Neither does my wife. Our family doesn't do that. And we're very watchful and our children don't hang out with anyone that they don't go to church with. And my friend was like, okay, because she knew everything he was saying that he was completely unaware of his family. His right. wife had a social media because she's on the neighborhood apps and the Facebook apps from the neighborhood stuff. His daughter is on Snapchat, Facebook, and Instagram. I mean, like all, and she's like, what the heck? Like this guy had no clue. Either he's thinks, either he's lying to her or lying to himself, but he seemed pretty convinced. And I think we need to address that. What right. parents need to, there needs to be a way that you can tell your kids, Listen, I mean, right now, if Willow says to you, I I want this mom and I'm going to get mm -hmm. it, or, or she's not even going to be that, she would never just come right out. She'd just do it, you know, and not tell you. What can you do as a parent to safeguard your kids when you know there's a chance they could just be lying and you can't watch them to keep them safe? Right, you can't watch them. So here's the thing is that social media is never going to go away, but there mm -hmm. is um, a, you as a parent get to control when they get that. So- um, and that's going to be based individually on every kid because every kid is different, you know, um, so or tell them can, to be honest with you for a good yeah, reason, because they can and, lie to you and, and get it without it, your permission. Sure. And it's also though, making sure that when you allow them to have it, that they know that there's very clear social media boundaries that are there. Like, you know, they sign a contract with us that says 
You're not going to DM people that you don't know, and you're going to keep your account set on private and making sure that your kids know, just like ours, you know, do our two older ones. Obviously we don't monitor that anymore. Um, but where it is one of those things of like, I'm going to do a phone check. I'm going to look and see who you're texting and what's being said and pictures. And if I find out that you've deleted stuff, then we're going to have an issue and there's, you know, we're going to talk about it. Um, so it's, it's that, and it's also giving them the why, like you got to talk to your kids about the why. So one, as a parent, you're allowed to say no. And you can tell, like I've told, we told our youngest, no, like, right. 13-year-old girls, like, first of all, I think should just not even be on social media at all just for their own mental health, you know, but I know her and knew she couldn't handle it right now. You know, she just can't, like it would consume everything and it would, um, there would be body image issues that would come into play. Like, like you just know your child. And so it's like, I'm sorry. I know your friends have this, but I love you. You, you can look at my stuff. You can look at your sister's stuff that is on there. And if you feel like you need to talk to a friend through Instagram, even though you have their phone number, then you can use my Instagram account to do that. So giving them that, but also explaining, you know, the why, like, I love you right now. You know, first of all, it says if you're under the age of 13 or 14, you're not allowed to have that anyways. (laughs) Um, That's always a good one. Um, But it's also saying there are people that are out there that think that they know you or are going to tell you that you're beautiful, you're amazing, and you're all these things, and you don't know them, and they're going to want to talk to you. And I'm telling you that that is not a safe situation to be in. And if you really feel like you want to meet this person, if you really feel like you like this person, if you really feel like, you know, they're going to be your friend, then let us know so that way we can meet them with you. And you know, allow that space to be there, but have those boundaries. And a lot of times too, if you tell you're like, that's great. If you're, if you've met this person online and they want to meet you, ask them where, and then let them know my mom and dad will have me there at this time. And normally that shuts the conversation completely down because the other person is like, Oh shoot. Uh, that's not, not for me. So it's that it's being aware. It's just making sure your kids are just that they just know. I mean, without telling them, Hey, there's people that take kids and they rape them and they sell them over and over. And it happens, you know, a hundred times a day. It's, we want you to be safe and we love you. So no, I'm not dropping you off at the mall by yourself. Uh, even though that's what we did in the eighties and nineties with nothing but we a didn't quarter. know. We didn't yeah. know. It was yeah. like, dad, I'm done. I'm calling you from a pay phone. Come pick me up. <laughs> but human trafficking wasn't where it is now in it the eighties. No, it we wasn't. just had to watch for the creepy ice cream Vans. Well, here's the thing. You were at the mall. Uh, Kyle, you remember Officer Reardon worked at the mall all the time. He knew every single kid at that mm-hmm. mall, where they were going, what they were doing. He'd stand out back. You want a cigarette? Yeah, I'll have a cigarette with you. And they would tell him everything that was going on in the city. He knew, that's why he ended up being chief of police. I'm sure of it. He knew every person. And if somebody was talking to a kid, I don't know how many times I watched him walk up to somebody and be like, you need to leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was watching the arcade. He was watching the movie theater. He was watching everything. And right. that 
when it was different. The towns were smaller back then. Yeah. Life was smaller. It wasn't like now. You go to the mall, your parents don't know that cop. They're not in Sunday school with that cop. They're not going to baseball picnics with them. They're, it's not like it used to it's be. It's not. And, and, and we can't raise our kids like we, like we were raised either. Right. No. So, um, and we, and it's weird. Cause like Gen Xers, like we can't raise our kids, even like what we were, how we were in the early two thousands before social media even happened. You know, I mean, our kids are growing up with social media. We were introduced to it. And we watched out for each other. Yes. We watched so, out for each other. Yeah. Right. But it, it's making sure you're having these honest conversations. Also, parents, if your kids go to a school where there is an organization that's going to come in and talk about, um, I, I don't even know what to call it, body awareness or like what we call it here. Um, we have a program where it's called Safe Touch, Confusing Touch, and Unsafe Touch, you know, where it's physical abuse, sexual abuse, and then just normal, like what is, what's a normal hug? Let your kids be in those classes. Um, right now where we're at our district in the state of Texas, even everybody is being given the option to opt out of those or I'm sorry, to opt in. And so a lot of parents forget to sign those papers. And so these kids aren't getting that education. If you think that this is that a program like that is presented to you, moms, dads, aunts, uncles, whoever, caregivers of all the children. And you were like, this is sex education and this is gender identity. I'm going to encourage you before you say, no, my child is not going to participate in that. Take advantage of the preview nights that they offer. Watch the curriculum, read through the curriculum, and then base your decision on that. Because that prevention side of thing is huge in helping to prevent human trafficking. Because what it does is it gives kids the ability and the opportunity to say, that I don't want you to do that to my body. I don't like that. I'm allowed to tell an adult no. Not only that, I've been empowered to go tell a trusted adult what is happening to me if somebody has said something that's inappropriate or has touched me in an inappropriate way. And so now we're giving the kids their voices back and we're saying you're allowed to tell an adult no. So if parents who have a program like that that comes to your schools, let your kids see it. Um, let them listen to it. Let them be a part of it because that prevention is going to be a huge stop in trafficking in the future because kids aren't right. going to be coerced into doing something that they don't want to don't do. Want to so do. that's another big thing that so parents. It's can that. Do as it's well. all. It's that. It's that old adage: knowledge is power. So yes. Um, real quick before we wrap up here, we got a couple of minutes left. Wait a minute. I do want to touch on her at telling people how widespread that baby picturing thing it didn't just happen in our mall it's happening across oh, the yeah. nation and i yeah. want her to talk about that i've i've talked to three people recently who said mm, that's really rare it's not it's and not I, I, yeah i have a friend here where it happened you know to to her as well and they even followed her out of the parking lot you know too and so um, it is happening. And so, of course, when your kiddos are that age, it's being very aware of the surroundings around you. It's making sure that you're aware of the people around you. And as a parent, I mean, it's just using that voice to say, don't do that. And again, even if a parent doesn't realize it, that you're there and you recognize it, it's stepping up and saying something for that person and um, saying, hey, I don't like that. Letting, you know, the store managers know, the security officers know, like what you've seen, what you've observed. Again, if you see something, say something. 
Um, I know we adopted it after 9-11, but it needs to be across the board when it comes right. to this. But as soon as you see it happening, be willing to take a picture of those people. Yes. I mean, this is the problem. We are, and, and I know it, and somebody had told me that I took a picture of the person right away and they started freaking out and running away. That And that's what you need to take to the police. I think additionally, I really want to point out that... Um, this situation is not being reported on the news. The amount of people being taken, it's people, I've heard this, I, I, I've probably heard it 10 times in the last two weeks from adults. I mean, people from the age of 40 to 70 telling me if it was that frequent, if what you're saying is true, it would be on the news every day. Can you please explain, Gina, why this isn't happening? Sure. Well, because I think we have this idea that people are just being snatched up off the streets and it's more subtle than that. You know, they are being taken, but they're being taken in a way of it starts out with that slow grooming process and it starts and it's also. Well, I guess I'm referring to the mall, the, the babies being oh, taken the babies. situation. Yes. They get at the hotline, they get, they get about 10 calls a week at that Pillars hotline telling that they almost had their kids snatched or they did, or the sure. police had to take some, but it's not on the news. It's not on the news. And I don't know, like, I can't speak to why things, because a lot of times I know law enforcement and the news media is like, there can't yeah. be a lot of stuff, you know, said about things, you know, even just trafficking cases in general, like there's stuff that happened years ago, but it's still ongoing investigation. So I'm not even allowed to like, you know, talk about it and say, well, I remember when we had this case and this happened and these, you know, people mm -hmm. were involved. So if it's not being reported, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not happening. It's this, that I'm sure there's probably that stop gap and that sandbag there, you know, of we yeah. can't put everything out there, but I can tell listeners that yes, human trafficking is real. It happens. It happens here in the United States. It happens domestically. And again, if you go to Polaris, you can see where your state ranks um, on a grading scale as far as how much trafficking takes place there and what your state is doing to combat that. You know, I mean, or if you're an A state, then that means that you've got you you got it. You're doing the thing. Ohio, and you're getting Florida. it taken down. If you're <laughs> if you're not, if you're if you're a B state, then, you know, you're working on things, but if you're a C, D, E, F state, you know, F states aren't even acknowledging it. So Polaris will really help you see like where, like where you fit and fall within that. And then it can also point you into some really good myths versus, you know, truths when it, when it does come to trafficking as well. And of course, we'll put that information in the, yeah. in the description so yeah. they can click on it and get right yeah. to it if they want to see it. At least they can educate themselves. That's mm -hmm. really kind of what I think this episode is for is to is to take that person that may not know everything and educate themselves. And that website is going to be a great website. Thank you for listening to part two. Please tune in to part three of Gina Bowles' informative interview on the global epidemic of human trafficking.